No my hearty Mikey, Tane Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Lovely to be with you. Voting is literally a dying art, says one commentator. That person joins us just after four. A real mood for change, an election beset by low voter turnout, or both, we discussed. And 86% of restaurants in the Bay of Plenty need staff. It's been described as diabolical. Also today, New Zealand rules on lobbying are shockingly unregulated, says our guest this afternoon. You can be a cabinet minister one month, lobby the government the next. And when is reality TV not very real? That toward the end of the show. And two Extinction Rebellion activists glue their hands to a Picasso painting in Melbourne. The painting's unharmed, but an inspired climate change protest or utter idiots. And the song whisperer today, a new Monday feature. I say the lyrics, you guess the song. Here they are. I was delayed. I was waylaid. An emergency stop. I smelt the last 10 seconds of life. I crashed down on the crossbar. And the pain was enough to make a shy, bald Buddhist reflect and plan a mass murder. Who said I'd lied to her? Goodness. Anyway, what's the song? Text me 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With us this afternoon, Sue Kesley, women's advocate, author, former Green MP and former Wellington Regional Councillor. Sue, wonderful to have you here. Kia ora, Wallace. Great to well, be in the studio. Yes, indeed. Live and uh, live and clear. And also Connor English, president of Esports Federation NZ, chairman of Agribusiness NZ, and former president of Federated Farmers. Kia ora, Connor. Good to have you in too. Yeah, great to be here, Wallace. All right. So Sue and Connor with us this afternoon. And uh, first up, who doesn't love an old car? Do you have one sitting in your garage right now? Or treasured memories of the one you and your parents drove Back in the day, my producer, Liz, has an old VW Beetle Blue. People wave to Liz and beep their horns. They don't do that when you drive a 2011 Mazda de Mayo. Paul Bowden from Upper Hutt is a man who admits to a fixation with cars all his life, and now he's sharing that passion around. He's setting up a retro car museum. It'll feature hot rods, muscle cars, Modern classics, you neighbour. With us is Paul Bowden. He's uh, the one opening this um, Upper Hutt Car Museum. Paul, kia ora. Hello, how are you? What is it about old cars, Paul? People just love them, don't they? Whether it's your V-Dub Blue Beetle, your, uh, even your 86 Corolla. I think uh, old cars are something that resonate with a lot of people. There's not too many of them around anymore, and I guess this museum is an opportunity for us to put some cars in a place that people can come and have a look at them. Where did you get your fixation about retro cars, Paul? Uh, I've been into cars for a long, long time. Like, it started at school for me, so that's some years ago now, but it's been a lifelong passion uh, of mine, cars, so it's, yeah. you know, long time. What, what was the starting point? Was there a particular car? Um, I guess I watched a few movies of the day and there were some American cars in some of those movies that really got me into the car scene, so that's what started for me. Now, there's already the Southwood Car Museum on the Carpety Coast. How will Cars, Inc. be different? We, I don't think we'll cross towards. I mean, some of the stuff that we want to have is talk about hot rods, muscle cars, drag cars. Um... Their genre is probably more um, vintage 
and some of the older classics, I suppose, where we're probably a different approach, 50s, 60s, 70s cars. Oh, yep. Kind of thing, so, yeah. The classics, the classics. Don says, uh, I love my mid-70s Lotus. Don't know that uh, one. Sue, what about you? Is there a car that always sticks in your memory growing up, Sue Kesley? Well, yes, um, our Ford Prefect, which we drove uh, up and down the country without seatbelts in. Uh, So that's a a treasured memory. And, I mean, I must admit I've never been to a car museum. But I do think that when you look at all those old cars, they're so much more interesting looking than the sort of standard SUV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a fair point, Paul. Why is that? Why is is a V-Dub or um, your, your Ford Prefect? More interesting. Oh, the Triumph 2000. That's a pretty looking car. More I had interesting. A 2000 myself, actually, some years ago. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're uh, good looking cars. Yeah, absolutely. I think the cars of today, I, they are very similar looking to each other. Whereas the cars of the 50s or 60s are poles apart, you know, from a style perspective. And as I said before, it's, you know, the, the shapes that people can resonate. And in some respects, they are sort of mobile pieces of art. Right. Uh, Connor? Uh, well, look, we, we grew up in a Zephyr Mark III and uh, oh, yeah. had a heap of kids, uh, as, as uh, Sue said, with no seatbelts. And it would now be a beautiful car to, to own. But at the time, it, it was a pretty sort of straightforward vehicle. Mm. It was great. And that's, that's the thing, isn't it, Paul, that some of these straightforward vehicles of your, whew, they can fetch quite the price these days. Absolutely, yep, they are certainly going up in value, that's for real. Mm. Do you think it'll help put Upper Hutt on the map? Um, I, I think it will. Uh, it'll draw people to Upper Hutt. And I have to say that Upper Hutt City Council have been very, very good to work with. They've been very okay. supportive of what we're doing, and uh, you know, I guess I'm giving them a bit of a plug, but they've been great to work with, absolutely. Very good, very good. Also, putting up a hell of a mat with, with this uh, this new car museum. Uh, there are a couple of standouts. You got You got some hot rods in there? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, to be fair, I've got about 20 cars of my own, some of which are put in the museum. But it's been humbling the number of people that have um, offered to put their car into the museum. So, oh, yes. You know, it, I guess it clears some space in their own garage. It also allows them to get other people to come and have a look at what they've got as well. So, so can I, so Paul, can I put a shout-out to the wonderful uh, and varied and many panel listeners that if they have a, uh, a car on wheels in the backyard, they might even have an old McLaren that they want to give you. Are they allowed to? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. We, we are interested in all sorts. So, you know, we would certainly have a look at what people have uh, to offer and, you know, make some decisions going forward, for sure. Nice one, Paul. Kia ora. All the very best for uh, this car museum in Upper Hutt. Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, what car did you recall growing up with, uh, be it your Ford Prefect or, yeah, your Mark 1 Zephyr there? Uh, I have a Mercedes W123 in the garage. Let's just come back to this um, no seatbelt. Is that for real, Sue Kishley? So you had your car and you'd go on a tr- y- y- your road trip to Taupo or Otterua or whatever, um, on the open road, no seatbelt? Absolutely. With um, wow. three kids in the back um, and all the luggage. And ab- there weren't seatbelts, I don't think, mm. back then when I was well, growing up. Well, what? Really? <laughs> well, I'm looking <laughs> at Connor. I don't what? think there were. No, there was no seatbelts in those days. No. So if you had a crash, what would happen? 
Goodness knows. I you suppose crashed. you should be killed. That's what you Good did. Good Lord. We might come back to this. Can you, was there a bit of a, was there a bit of a campaign, Sue? Can you recall? There must have been to uh, to make seatbelts compulsory. There was a huge campaign to make mm. it compulsory, but I can't think of the decade. Our listeners will tell us oh, when yeah. they were brought in. Yes, indeed. Can you also, uh, dear panel listeners, recall the days of uh, <laughs> driving around uh, without a seatbelt? We might actually return to that um, uh, another time. Uh, Honda S2000 uh, says, someone, Helen says, we do not love old cars up on blocks forever in the backyard, uh, is uh, Helen's point of view there. All right. Very good indeed. Time for I've Been Thinking. Sue, what's been on your mind? Well, Wallace, aside from my irritation at not being able to watch the Women's Rugby World Mm. Cup live on our state broadcaster, um, I've been thinking about the fact that in 10 days' time, it'll be the 50th anniversary of the Equal Pay Act, which made it unlawful to pay men and women differently for doing the same work. Now, I was involved in the campaign. I can still remember the elation we felt back in 1972. We thought, well, we've ticked that box. We've got equal pay. And yet, 50 years later, the gap between men and women's wages is 9.1. And if you compare a Māori or a Pacifica woman with a Pākehā male, it's around 24 to 27%. So... The legislation's failed spectacularly, and tomorrow I'm going to be in Parliament supporting the Mind the Gap campaign, which is presenting a petition calling on the government to make it mandatory to, for every organisation to report publicly on uh, you know, the pay gap or the difference between what male and female employees earn. And that sounds quite a small step, but overseas it's shown... The simple act of requiring an organisation to report publicly on their pay gap will reduce the gap by 20 to 40%. So bring it on. Stop the foot dragging. Oh, right. And we'll be covering that uh, tomorrow as well. Indeed, a pretty historic occasion petition being presented to Parliament. Just on the um, uh, Rugby World Cup, the Women's World Cup, an extraordinary, uh, you know, moment in Eden Park, electrifying, you know, that triple header there. Uh, so, Absolutely and, and, brilliant. And, 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 and I've been forced to watch it on my iPhone, little YouTube clips on my iPhone because yeah. I don't subscribe to um, Spark. I think it's outrageous. And, and not only that... They're then putting the men's cricket on at a competing time slot. I mean, this is the biggest moment in uh, women's sport in New Zealand's history, and they're ignoring it. Do you think the New Zealand public has been failed on this? Utterly. And instead of which they're investing in programmes like F Boys Island or whatever it's called. F Boy Island. F Boy Island, that's right. Mm. So we, I think they need a bit of... Uh, thinking about their priorities and their commitment to gender uh, equity. Very good. All right. Thank you, Sue. Uh, Kishi, do you agree with Sue on that one, actually? I might have thought that uh, it could have been broadcast on uh, the public broadcast as well. Connor English, I've been thinking. Well, Wallace, I've been thinking about um, esports and old people, actually. Mm. <clears throat> uh, last weekend, we had the um, high school league uh, for esports or online gaming, uh, along with our national championship uh, at Sky City in Auckland. And uh, also last week I visited my magnificent mother-in-law, who's in aged care. And what we know is that as we get old, uh, we can find it challenging physically and and challenging socially. Uh, and, and we also know that um, 
you know, it's often suggested that loneliness kills. So um, I was quite fascinated when my 23-year-old son said to me that uh, when he gets old, he won't be lonely uh, and he won't be, you know, he'll, he'll be sharp as a tack because he'll just keep playing his esports and, and online gaming um, with all his mates as he's done all his life. And so it just made me sort of think, well, I think there's a gap in our market. We, perhaps we need to be focusing on our old people for, for um, you know, esports and as well as having a, a national league, um, we should also have a golden oldies version of it uh, to to encourage people to get and get their brains going. Love that idea and getting connected. Love because it because it's an incredibly social thing to do. Why why do we why do we always have to connect the likes of uh, your, your petonk or your lawn bowls or your indoor bowls to the senior sectors? Why can't it, Connor English, be gaming and esports? Well, exactly. Yeah, and and look, that's nothing against uh, petonk and bowls Absolutely and all those not. things. Uh, I hope I keep, you know, I hope I play those things <laughs> as I uh, mature. Um, but it, but it is. It was. I was quite stunned, really, by my son just saying, "Oh, I'm not worried about getting old. I'm just going to keep playing. I'll never be lonely." So it was uh, quite an interesting uh, thought, really. Just Give us a game. I've never played an e. Sue, I've never played an e-sport. I've never gamed in my life. Have you, Sue? Not once. <laughs> what, what's, a, what's something that Sue and I can start with, Connor? What's a title? Oh, League of Legends or what's, Valorant or, or Rocket League. Is, what the hell is that? Or eFootball. The only thing I can't help wondering is, you know, I'm interested that your son feels this connection, but are you really connected when you're just playing with anonymous people around the world? It's well, they're quite can... the same as meeting up with someone, isn't well, it? They, well, they, well, you are meeting up with them. So, so the, the way it happens in our household is the kids either bring a dozen of them over and they all sit down in our room and, and play together on TV and watch each other or there'll be one of our kids there he'll be on microphone and he'll be talking away just right. like they're in the room. Very good okay. Connor I completely agree with your panellists about the rugby says a few people Sue Kesley, Connor English today